Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. This is a position preview podcast. Today we're going to break down the defensive line. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. We're moving to the defense now. Uh, offensive lines in the books, and we're moving on to the defensive line, uh, a group of players that, just like the offensive line, the, the depth is there, the experience is there, and it's a group that needs to take a huge step entering the 2021 season, I think, to make the difference in this team. is going to start in the defensive line, of course, the whole defense, but I think they have the biggest room of growth from 2020 to 21. Let's get right into it. I'm going to run down the depth chart from what I think is the depth chart from what we've seen in the spring from talking to sources. We won't mention every player, um, but this is who I think will play each position. Remember, UNC runs a 3-4 most of the time uh, with an end, a nose, and a tackle. At end, you have Miles Murphy uh, in his second year, stepped up in the spring and is right there at end. Right behind him or kind of alongside him is Tamari Fox, who started last year but missed the spring. Um, those guys are pretty interchangeable there at the first spot. And then behind them is freshman, true freshman, Javari Ritzy, who the staff absolutely loves. And you can kind of see the talent, physicality that Ritzy has. At nose, you have Ray Vohasek, a starter from last year. Behind him, Jaleel Taylor and Clyde Pender, who's in his second year at UNC now. And at tackle, excuse me, you have Kevin Hester, who played a good amount last year. You have Miles Murphy also who can play tackle, Christian, Christian Varner and Keyshawn Silver, a true freshman. And Varner hasn't played a lot, but he's a big, big body that the staff uh, thinks has potential to contribute in 2021. Greg, we'll go to you first. What do you like about this group? What do you see from this group? What do you see from them in 20? And what do you see from them in the spring and looking ahead to 21 uh, UNC's defensive line? Well, I think the biggest thing is that as we've talked about in the spring, I mean, Jay Bateman has 10 bodies that, that weigh 285 pounds or more. And that's something he has not had. Uh, that is a luxury. And, and when you talk about running a kind of a base three, four, um, that's what you got to have. And you've got to have size up front if you want to do some of the things that he wants to do. And, uh, you know, last year's example, Tamon Fox played a lot at, uh, on the defensive line. And when you've got a guy of his size who's, who's you know, more built like a defensive end, um, you know, you're kind of lacking a little bit there. So I think the fact that they actually have size, that that's going to free up Fox uh, and Kamon Rucker to work on the edge a little bit more, which I think is a benefit for them. It's a benefit for the team kind of speaks to what, what they have up front. Uh, and when you, when you look at this group, I mean, it just, it just screams youth and, and talent. Um, Miles Murphy, I thought, really came on strong last year. Clyde Pender, of course, was hurt, 
but when he came in late, I mean, I think that's that's a guy that has a lot of potential as a as a run stopper. Uh, I know they like what he can do as a pass rusher as well at the nose position. You, Tamari Fox has played a lot. Rafa Hasek has played a lot. Jaleel Taylor has played a lot. But then you start talking about guys like, as you said, you know, Kevin Hester, who really showed out in spring, Christian Varner. And then you, you mentioned guys like Ritzy and Silver. And Silver was hurt a lot in the spring, so we didn't get to see quite as much of him. Uh, but those guys are just a ton of talent. And so you can lean on the older guys a little bit early, let the younger guys come along. And I think they're all going to play a lot. Uh, and so I, I think, I think this is a year where this group is going to determine how good this team can be, kind of like you said, but I think there uh, there's the opportunity for this group to make significant strides, both because of the influx of talent and because they finally have the number of bodies that they need to do what Jay Bateman wants to do. Yeah, let me go through some more notes here. And you're right, it is still young. Like, they still have a lot of, like, some of their starters are second-year players, third-year players. I mean, you can see Fox got pushed around a little bit last year. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit stronger. Vahasic is a starter. You know, he's kind of the veteran in the room. So there is a lot of talent, but there is still a lot of youth. Um, I think it's important to note. Uh, yeah, nine guys can play, is what I was been told. The depth is so much different than the last two seasons. Miles Murphy has established himself. I mean, he's a guy who can cause problems, I was told. Uh, Ray, Ray Bohazic had a great spring. Um, he's apparently a you know, top five, top six defensive tackle in the, in the ACC. They love what Kevin Hester has become. He's that giant body that they would have died for the last two seasons. They just didn't have a guy with that kind of size. Um, they love the freshman. Ritzy's ahead of Silver. Both will play. Ritzy will play a little bit more. Um, those guys are free. I mean, Ritzy's a freak. Um, they love what he can do. They said he could play. A source I talked to said he could play outside linebacker. Backer. That's how athletic he is um, at 285 pounds. I'm not really sure of his, of his size. Um, Varner's 295. He's going to play 10 to 15 reps a game. So kind of your, your reserve there. Tamari looks great. He's healthy, good to go. He'll be a full participant in all summer workouts um, and, and definitely put on the right weight and has lost weight or put on the right weight and looks great uh, physically. Um, and they love Murphy. He can play all over, and they like the fact of his versatility. He has the same weight as he was as a freshman, but he's lifting twice the amount in terms of uh, bench and squat, so he's super strong now, um, and that's about it. Jason, when you hear all that, when you hear what Greg said, and you look at this group, what are your initial thoughts and, and your takeaways from the – One of the things that, that stands out to me is that it's going to be really – well, there are a couple things that stand out, but the first thing is it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these younger guys – how long before they really push some of the older guys who are actually good players for those additional reps. So you look at a guy like Ritzy, there were a few things that I saw from him in the spring game that there hasn't been anybody at UNC the past three or four years that's been able to do that. Now, there were things that he did where it's like, oh, come on. Like, what you know, he's going to have to figure out this is college. <laughs> He's going to, you know, there are certain things with both him and silver. You could see that they, that they're still, they were still adjusting to the, the, the level of intensity and the expectations that you have to have play to play at the college game. And, and, you know, certain things in terms of being, you know, perfectly gap disciplined or having your, having your technique right here. But there were a few times where Ritzy in particular, you saw him get his hands on a guy move that guy, get through a gap with quickness and go, oh, wow. Yeah, that, um, that's been missing. 
And, and that's, that's despite the fact that I think, you know, Hester and Murphy in particular uh, have a lot to offer. I mean, those guys did stuff last year that they hadn't had anybody do for a couple, for a couple of years either. So the talent upgrade is so big and it's just going to be interesting to see how long it takes before some of those younger guys actually start basically knocking on the back of the, of the older guys and getting them out of there essentially by being that much better, that much more productive. I think they're probably a year away from really those guys being at that level, but you're going to start to see indications of it at times. The second thing is I think they're going to be able to platoon some this year in terms of knowing that playing down and distance type stuff. So against teams that are not going, you know, hurry up, no huddle warp speed all the time when you're able to substitute. Well, you know, this is a, this is a passing down. We want to get our three best pass rushers at those spots on the field. They're going to be able to do that. So you're going to see say Tamari Fox, Clyde Pinder, and I don't know, maybe, maybe a Christian Varner all on the field together as your pass rush package that's going to give you more than what you've had in, in the past in terms of guys that can get to the, get to the quarterback from those spots. And then when it's say second and four, maybe you, you know, you, you run one or two more of the beefier guys out there for, for some of those roles. So I, I think you're going to see more, uh, more substitution situationally this year than what we've seen in a while just as they're trying to get guys to maximize what they, what they bring to the table as, uh, as pass rushers, as run stoppers, as whatever. Uh, and now a guy like Murphy, you know, he's going to be on the field a bunch anyway, because he can kind of do it all. But I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they, they platoon that. And I think there's one other guy that's not on the, the depth chart right now that is a guy to keep an eye on. And that's Kedrick Bingley Jones, who is a guy, he needs to be in better shape. You could see that after the, after the injury in the spring, you could see that he's, he was a ways away from the shape that he needs to be in, but with the right kind of off season, getting into the shape that he needs to be, he's a guy that at that nose position, especially could really become a problem for teams inside. And so, you know, it's really up to him. I mean, how, how dedicated is he going to be to being the in in the kind of shape and getting to the kind of uh, of physicality that he wants going in to potentially push all of those guys. So I mean, because he could he could be second, even first on the depth chart pretty quickly given his talent. It's just a matter of how much does he want it and how quickly can he get to that that level of shape. Yeah, it's a guy that you know, I wasn't even thinking about because he does need to lose a lot of weight, but he is another body. He was the high trained kid in that class for the defensive line. Uh, great point about the platooning. I mean, I think the goal here is you want to make sure that Hasek is, is rested in the fourth quarter. So he's only getting maybe 40, 50 snaps total. And that's with that depth. I mean, these guys are going so hard on every snap. You definitely want to rest them. And I think they have the depth to do that. So that's important. Because I remember last year, like, you'd only have – you had Taman – or sorry, Tamari and Bohasic, and they have two of the uh, outside linebackers on the outside because they only really had two guys they really trusted, and they finally got Murphy and and Pinder and some other guys to to, to have some reps and, and trust them. And so this year, while it is while it's still young, I think they do have the depth. Uh, Greg, your opinion on kind of what you see from this group and the and the depth and the platooning and and how you see is kind of breaking down uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, just looking back at the Notre Dame game, since that was such a, a big game for, for UNC last year, um, I mean, Tamari Fox and 
um, Raymond Fahasek are, are playing you know, 47 of, of 70 snaps. Um, and that, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's not having to play every snap like Jason Strobridge and Aaron Crawford had to do several years ago. Uh, but that's still a lot of snaps. And when you're looking and, at – And they had – Taman had a play on the line against Notre Dame. Correct. Bateman said that, I think, in our one of our podcasts with him, that they had to move him to a D-line position, which was out of his uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, and I think that's the, the key component here because I know we're talking specifically about defensive line. But when you're having to play – I mean, and Rucker was the same way. When you're having to play Rucker and Fox on the defensive line, well, that takes away some of your options – at outside linebacker. And where did North Carolina struggle the most last year? Pass rushing. And I mean, that was the goal of the spring. And so when you can take a guy like Rucker and you can take a guy like Tamon Fox, who has so many sacks in his career, and allow them to play on the edge outside of the tackle, well, I mean, that helps you all the way around. And so that's one of the things with, with being able to put in some guys that they trust on the defensive line uh, you can you can make your team better by allowing Fox to play at a different position. Now, does that mean Fox is never going to play in the defensive line? No, of course not. There's going to be packages, kind of to Jason's point, where you want Fox in there. I mean, you may see Fox and Rucker on the defensive line at the same time, maybe alongside of the Hasek or Murphy, if it's an obvious passing down, and they, they feel like they can get pressure that way. Um, so you know, the, the versatility there is important. But just having bodies where you feel comfortable in saying – we're going to stop the run because it doesn't matter what defensive coordinator there is. They're always going to tell you, we have to be able to stop the run. We have to be able to control it. We can scheme up anything we want, but if we can't do that, I mean, we're, we're, we're using smoke and mirrors to, to try to have success. And so with these bodies that they have up front, um, especially if they have nine guys that they can actually play. I mean, even if half of those guys are like legitimate options, now you're going to have the opportunity to, to put a line out there that you feel comfortable in. Then you can be able to fire into some gaps and, and make sure you get some critical stops because this all comes back to uh, getting TFLs, right? And that's what Jay Bateman wants to do. And if you can get some TFLs and make somebody play behind the chains, now you're working with, with kind of what he wants to do. And that's kind of the key component. But it, as we've talked about time and time again, I know we say it ad nauseum, you got to have success up front. And this is the first time they actually have the bodies to be able to do that. It's crazy thinking back of what they did last year um, with only like two or three guys that could really run out there. And then before that with just Crawford and Strobridge, it's, it's kind of night and day to how they were recruiting. And I think next year they'll even be better because I think they, they could keep everybody and they, they could lose Vahasic if he wants to jump to the NFL. Uh, we're going to get back into it, guys. I want to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, our uh, loyal and dedicated podcast sponsor right on franklin street and online at johnnyteacher.com get everything you need for the football games for the basketball season everything for tailgating for gifts for you know stuff for nieces nephews babies sons daughters anything unc related get it on johnnyteacher.com and right on franklin street they're a local company we always want to support local during these times it's so important to, to support the people in your community and that's Giant T-shirt. They've sponsored us for ever since I've been here at Inside Carolina. So they've been a great sponsor for our podcast. So help us by helping them. Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. And remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers can get 10% off their order with a discount code found on the Tar Pit and UNC Basketball message boards. Just another perk 
you get along with all the great scoops and X and O stuff that Jason and Greg bring inside Carolina and Johnny t-shirt.com. We'll be right back with more defensive line talk. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back with the Inside Carolina podcast, brought to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. And guys, we were talking in a commercial break. You know, I'd never played football. And so I've kind of, over my times covering UNC, I've kind of had to learn the different aspects, the nuances of, of offenses and defenses. And Jay Bateman's defense is still very confusing to me. Um, you know, on the, the basic thing on the defensive line, he has an end, a nose, and a tackle. And those are the three defensive uh, alignment that have a, you know, have a hand in the dirt. Jason, can you break down what he likes to do with those positions, the nuances of those roles in particular, the flexibility of them and kind of explain, explain to us and our listeners how Jay Bateman likes to use his defensive lineman uh, position wise. So one of the things that makes it a little bit complicated is that he runs a very hybrid front. So it's not that he wants these guys to do one thing. So in, in some defenses, so for example, in Gene Chizik's defense, you had specific guys that they were going to do one thing. They're going to, they're going to play one gap and they're going to try to get penetration through that one gap. And it's always going to basically be that way. So you'd have say the nose tackle is going to be in the one gap. And, and again, just as a refresher, for those of you who are not familiar with this, te- uh, this terminology, defensive uh, alignment for the, for the uh, off- for the um, defensive line runs on a number system. So you remember that you have on the offensive line, you might have the A gap, which is the gap between the center and the guard. You have the B gap between the guard and the tackle and the C gap between, or uh, yeah, the the C gap between the tackle and, and the tight end or whoever's out there. On defense though, there's a lot of different places that you can line up relative to that. So there are actually numbers that cover each of those specific uh, spots. So you could be in the A gap. If you're in the A gap, then you're in the one technique essentially. So what that means is you are in the gap between, but you might be in a zero technique, which means you're in neither gap. You're over the nose of the center. Now you're, now you're centered up over him. And so what you normally have is the odd numbers mean you're in a gap. Even numbers mean you're over the offensive lineman that you're across from. So if you're, as, if you're a nose tackle and you're a one technique, then generally speaking, what that's going to mean is you're trying to get penetration through the A gap that you're lined up in. 
And with, with a guy like Gene Chizik, his defensive line was predicated on you'd have one guy in one in the one gap, and then you'd have one guy in the other three gap. And there'd be a linebacker who would be responsible for the other one gap. So essentially the guy that's in that one gap, the defensive lineman, the, the, the uh, nose tackle that's in that one gap is trying to occupy the center and also occupy the guard to some degree by being in, in that gap between them. And that's going to turn the center to some degree and keep that, that uh, linebacker safe, keep that linebacker covered so that that linebacker can hit the other a gap. That's the way that this is going to work. Bateman will do that sometimes. So sometimes you're going to have the, uh, the nose tackle who's going to be in a one gap situation. Sometimes you're going to see other alignments, but as often as not, and especially once he has the personnel that he wants, he's going to default to a more odd front concept where you're going to have the three down situation, like what you're going to see this year. So last year you had a lot of four, four line, four linemen, uh, scenarios this year you're going to see more of the, more of the three stuff than, than what you've seen in the past. But when you see that, what you're going to see a lot of is the zero technique where you're going to see, say, Vohesik, who's going to be over the center. And his job is to just be on the nose of the center. And as soon as the center snaps the ball, just kick his tail. Take him as far into the backfield as you can. And you're responsible for the A gap on either side of the center. So now you're two gapping is what it's called. You're responsible for two gaps instead of one. And you're just trying to kick that guy's tail and take him back to the to the uh to to the quarterback or to the so, running back, whoever gets the ball. But Hasek has, that allow, but Hasek that has both allows, gaps when he's on when he's on the center. Yeah. So he's got both gaps. No, and the way that this technically works is that you have one primary gap that you cover sort of with the front side of your body. And then you're you're still responsible for the other gap, which is for the other side, which you kind of cover by, you know using by pushing the guy into that gap right okay. so you kind of cover that with with the angle there and then the linebacker is going to be responsible for cleaning up wherever that ends up spilling to so it, okay. it ends up being a little bit more of a read situation for the backer than you know coming straight downhill into the gap and then that kind of works its way out to the tackle and the end and the tackle in this situation is usually going to be a slightly bigger body, a little bit closer to a true defensive tackle than the end position. But both the tackle and the end are pretty close to interchangeable in this system. Just has to do with where you line up, uh, with, you know, on strong side or weak side. And those guys, when they go odd front, are often going to be lined up in what you would call the four I position. So they're lined up over the off offensive tackle and the four if you're in a four technique again that's an even number so the zero would be over the center the two is directly over the guard and the four is directly over the offensive tackle what the four i is is you're on the four but you're on the inside eye of that guy so you're you're not quite in the gap but you're also not quite head up you're just slightly to the inside and what you're trying to do there is to to take this where you're going to cover that, that B gap by, by being there just with your bulk, but you're also taking on that blocker with, uh, with strength to, to force that guy to essentially have problems blocking you out of the C gap as well. And if you have a really good set of three down linemen in this system who have a lot of size and can play with with violence 
the idea is that you could theoretically cover six gaps with three guys. And that, that allows you then to let your linebackers run around a little bit more. And that allows you to add another guy or two to coverage without losing too much in the run game, because you're, you're covering that. Now, practically speaking, that takes some ridiculous dudes up front. So as often as not, and this is where, where Bateman's system can get complex is he'll have one guy or two guys on his defensive front that are two gapping. So one guy in a four eye over here, who's going to two gap between the B gap and the C gap on, on the guy that he's over. And then you have the zero technique who's going to two gap in the two a gaps. And then you have another guy out here who's actually in a one gap scheme and he's just released to get to the quarterback if it's a pass. And so he's just getting up field. And so you might split the field where these guys are in two gap. These guys are in one gap or this guy is in two gap. These two guys are in one. And so now that adds some complexity when you're trying to figure out whose responsibility is what. And that also can complicate things for offensive linemen and for offensive coordinators trying to teach their guys, okay, when he's here, you want to make sure you're blocking him with this technique because it can change. So all of that is part and parcel of what Jay Bateman's trying to do up front. And it's at this level, it's going to be predicated on having the bodies, the size in particular, and the length to be able to cover those things while not losing on the quickness front. And he's just now getting the bodies on the roster that can do the things that he wants to do with the versatility level that he wants to do it so that he can throw different things at, uh, at, the, offensive, at the offensive front and cause problems just by scheme and also by, uh, by having big bodies that they're going to have to try to move. Yep. Is the end and the tackle, are they both a four eye? Is that their role? In some in some defenses, okay. see again, this it, it it's it varies, it's, yeah. it's not the same, right? It's not the same every time. So uh, you might have a call where the uh, the the nose is in a zero, the tackle is in a four eye, and then the end is in a five. Outside the tackle, yep. outside or, the or, tackle, yeah, okay. Or or the end might be in a three, the the tackle might be in a four eye, and the nose might be in a one. Okay, so, so it just changes it, and, and, it, and it can change a little bit. And so depending on what the calls are, they, they, they can move that stuff around and, and yeah, they're going to have certain defaults. And I think this year you're going to see a lot of zero flanked by two, four eyes, just because you're going to be able to, to use your size that way and, and platoon with guys that aren't going to get as tired doing some of that stuff. So then if you have some success with that, you're going to have teams trying to uh, trying to run the ball. You're for, basically the four eye is going to force teams to try to run the ball outside the tackle. That's your goal. Yeah. Okay. What you're wanting is, okay, you're not going to be able to run on our nose, on our nose tackle. Who's taken up your, your guard or, or your center and at least one guard. And then those four eyes are occupying those tackles and also occupying the guards. And it's just creating a big pile on the inside. And now you're going to have to run around that. And guess what? We've got backers that can fly that are going to get to the edge there. And you're going to have trouble because now we've occupied your five blockers with our three guys. We're going to have an extra guy out here as you're running on the outside to clean that up. That's kind of the ideal for what Bateman wants to do. Can we occupy your five blockers with our three guys? And now we've got two backers that are, that, you know, that are coming along. And if you, even if you, run your quarterback, which gives you an extra blocker. Essentially, we still have an extra guy for that because now 
we've got one backer that's not not accounted for by the offensive line and another backer that's not accounted for by the offensive line. And one can take the quarterback, one can take the back and all all as well. That's the that's the goal. That's what they're trying to do here. And personnel wise, they're finally getting yeah. to where they should be able to do that against a lot of teams. That yeah, makes and- us this, quick, quickly, Greg, when we when Buck and I talked to Bateman uh, in February, um, he said the goals have the three biggest human beings <laughs> at those three spots. And that makes sense to kind of be able to occupy and, and go against five office linemen. Greg. Yep. Yep. Great breakdown by, by Jason there, but two key, couple key points. But number one, when, when you talk about, uh, when you hear Bateman talk about a nose and a tackle in an end, what that makes me think of is you've got, you've got two setups really that we saw some last year. Uh, you've got the, the one technique, which is going to be your nose. You get your three technique, which is going to be your tackle. And then, as Jason said, when you talk about maybe the, the four, even out to the five is where you have the end. That's one alignment. The stock kind of base three, four that everybody knows from the NFL, of course, is what he's talking about with the zero and the two, four eyes. Um, and he's exactly right that the idea is that that center or the, the nose tackle is going to take on the center and is going to handle both of those gaps. And when you've got your two, four eyes, which and all the eye means is that they're just on the inside eye of that tackle, they're going to handle the B gaps. So as he said, you've got six gaps essentially covered there uh, that, that, you're, that you're really working on. Um, and that frees up everything. And the pros can do it because they have elite talent. It's been an issue at the college level for a while. But when you look at who uses that 3-4, I mean, you're talking about Wisconsin, you're talking about LSU, you're talking about Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia. I'm sure Bama uses it some. What's unique about those teams? They recruit at the highest level, and they can bring in these big guys up front. That's where Mac Brown's wanting to go. Um, you, Vic Coning was not able to get those guys. Larry Fedora was not able to get those guys enough of them. And so you kind of have to be creative. And that's what you see is a lot of these programs that can't recruit the lines at an elite level have to try to get creative. Well, if you can recruit big guys like Ritzy and silver and all these other guys, and maybe a, a shawl now, all of a sudden you can do whatever you want to do. And if you're able to put three guys up front and they can take care of five offensive linemen, well, guess what you can do on the back end with those other eight? Anything you want to do and have success. And, um, and that's why you see these linebackers that are recruiting just fast, fast yeah. guys like Rod Rod Dilworth who can right. clean up all that stuff edge to edge. Um, and you're seeing a different type of player they're recruiting at linebacker as well. And the, the ends, offensive uh, – sorry, the outside linebackers, edge rushers, which is the next, next podcast – which also have kind of a different role too, which we'll definitely talk about as well. You know, it's a big time recruit when, when Greg knows uh, Travis Shaw <laughs> um, and I'm sure Jason's familiar. Where, where would he play Jason? Would he be a nose? Cause he plays yeah, ed- I mean, in high school. They put him on the edge because they want to get him ice uh, kind of far away from all the, the middle. He played a lot of edge in high school, but he's a six, five, three thirty. Yeah. It's it, he's, he's kind of your ideal nose. If you, if you, uh, if you want to have him do the most damage, but at the same point from what I've seen of him, you can kind of play him at all three of these spots. And that, that, that kind of makes him really unusual in that respect, because in the same way that, you know, uh, uh, Bateman has said that Ritzy could play outside linebacker, you know, well, you're looking at, at a guy with Shaw who could play nose. He could play either end or tackle. 
And so depending on where you want him, you, you just have other guys on the field and, you know, maybe, maybe in a, in a particular matchup or for a particular pass rush thing, you start to tinker with that by the time he's, you know, sophomore and he's familiar with what you want to do. You say, well, you know, second and second long here, we want you on, on that guard or we want you on that tackle because that guy can't handle it. And you start moving those guys around. And that's when it starts to get really fun as a coordinator is when you've gotten past the, okay, we've got to just get it short up to where we have guys that are competent at each spot to I've got a, I've got a mismatch here that I can move around a little bit. And now I can, I can cause problems with this guy. And that's, that's really where they're headed to because Ritzy and silver are going to be problems for teams very quickly. You add a kid, a kid like what they're, what they're potentially adding with the, with Shaw. Oh my goodness. And it is, um, it's going to be, you know, really interesting to see how, how Bateman's able to, to use all that. I, I also think it, it's, it's worth mentioning that we're not always going to see three bigs on the field. We're going to see it more this year than we did last year. But depending on down and distance, depending on situation, a lot of times you're just going to see, say, a nose and a tackle out there in order to have two edge guys. So then you're going to be in closer to an odd or to an even front where you have, you know, a one and a, a three, and then you have two pass rushers yeah. out there just to, just to be able to, to cause problems in say second and 11 and third and 13. That's when you get your, your two outside linebackers with two interior guys and you just let them eat. And they got, you know, Tamon Fox, Desmond Evans came in Rucker. They love those guys. Chris Collins. Uh, they have, a lot of depth and a lot of experience depth at outside linebacker. Greg, yeah, anything else both. close? No, I was just going to say, you talk about recruiting a guy like Shaw and you talk about Ritzy and his athleticism. I think one of the things that stood out to people about how well Clemson had recruited up front was after they won the national championship, what, four years ago? And Christian Wilkins, who is a defensive tackle, is doing splits on the stage <laughs> and bouncing back up. Yeah. Um, that is freakish athleticism. And that's what you're talking about when you're talking about guys like Shaw and, and Ritzy. Uh, I was at a, at a, at a coaching clinic down at, uh, at Clemson when Wilkins was there. And at the end of practice, he went back and was catching punts uh, in their, <laughs> in their, um, in their special teams period. He actually was catching punts with their punt returners. And at one point the punt was kind of shanked by like a backup punter and Wilkins catches this ball on a dead run. I mean, it's, it was hit about 30 yards away from where he was lined up initially. He catches this ball on a dead run down below his waist in a, in a catch that, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I've caught a lot of punts in my day. That's not an easy catch for anybody, let alone a guy that's 310 pounds. But he catches it and then stops, or, or he catches it on the run, doesn't stop, but just, uh, like makes a little like jitter move, stutter go, and then shouts at all the coaches who are watching along the sideline, these hips don't lie. And everybody just lost it. And that's the kind of athlete that if you want to compete at the, at the national championship level, you got to have those dudes. And that that's special. When you got to get a six, four, three, 10 catching a punt on a 30 yard dead sprint down, down between his waist and his knees, and then makes a little, move and you know just to just for fun and then shouts at everybody on the sideline and he's that athletic then you're yeah. going to be competing for championships and those are the kinds of guys that they're starting to get on campus yeah i saw uh, i was at camp i was at unc's camp on saturday and i saw Keyshawn silver and ritzy and i mean there's nobody at unc's had since i've covered unc it looks like they that. look different i mean they look they're impressive and they're they're true freshmen um <laughs> 
Keyshawn's massive. Uh, he probably might lose a little weight, and Ritzy looks unbelievable. And then Get Desmond Evans off the bus first. Desmond Evans is uh, another guy we'll talk about in the next podcast. Six six, you know, two sixty. They love him, and I think he's gonna have a big year. All right, guys, that's it. If you stayed through all that stuff, I mean, the word gap was said about fifty times. If you stayed <laughs> through all of Jason's stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. That was good. I learned a lot as well. Hope you did. Uh, defensive line. Uh, UNC's defensive line is going to be a very critical part for the success of the 2021 team. And we appreciate you listening to this position podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe and check out Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.